The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Hey, what's up? I will talk about it. If only, if only Elon Musk could buy Facebook, that would be great. God, can't you facilitate that? I'm working on it. Why you want it to get even worse? I'm trying. Oh my god, I forgot my pen. Oh no, not that. Yes, it does. Oh no. So you know my pronoun. Can you pull me up a little? Sure. Oh, you have pronouns? Yes, I do. My my pronouns are fuck and you. No, mine. Stop it. Anybody who walks around talking about their pronouns? I I finally know how to do it, though. A completely mentally ill and should be institutionalized. Wait a minute. So when somebody asks me my pronouns, I now know to say she and her. Yes, she and her. There's no hope for you. You know that, right? <laughs> you know there's no hope for you. <laughs> I really couldn't give two shit when anybody pronouns. I know, but it's a big thing and you got to get it right. Not me. Well, my daughter's in law school and she had three days of orientation about her pronouns. Oh, I bet she did. I bet they indoctrinated her quite well. Yeah. They can't, they can't teach math and science, but they can sure as hell teach about global warming and but pronouns. But wait a minute. So now you, all, you to, you, all you have to do is wear, like, this little pin, and it tells you, like, so people know exactly what your pronouns yeah. are. I want one of those, but I'm going to have to hand make it myself. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> all right. Should we start the show, or? Oh, this is already fun, right. <laughs> Yes. This is, the show. this is the uh, show. Mine are it and that. It's in that? Yeah. Are those pronouns? I've, cha- I've decided they are. If they're talking about me, that would be that person. Yeah, that. And then if, I'm an, if it's a singular, then it is over there. <laughs> Why not? What's, I, what, how's the difference between they and them? Okay, That's a plural. Okay, I never even know what a they... I, didn't, I just figured that out. This yeah. country is doomed. <laughs> We're just completely doomed. <laughs> how do we get out of this now, huh? <laughs> oh boy! We just, yeah, we just, I can I, I can actually hear people writing hate mail as we're talking. Oh, hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. We've got a pretty interesting show for you today. We've got Lisa Williams from AFC Urgent Care is here with us because the tenth anniversary of AFC Urgent Care. We have been together since day one, right? Yes, since the ribbon cutting when yes. uh, Joe Bevilacqua came and we cut the ribbon in North Andover. And we took pictures, and they interviewed all your doctors. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I yeah. just can't believe it's been ten years. I know. I'm, wow. I'm old. And I have to. And I want to thank Lisa Williams and Zaka and, and Lisa's husband Tom for uh, being very loyal to the Valley Patriot. You know, so many people that we've helped over the years that have not been loyal to us. And then there's people like Lisa, whom we've really not done a whole lot for, other than promote AFC Urgent Care. 
but has been tremendously loyal to us, not just at the Valley Patriot by buying advertising, but by coming on the show. Uh, they donated, I think, $2,000 last year for our scholarships uh, for uh, kids at our charity bash that we run in March, which is March 31st this year. Um, and, and, and anytime we reach out and say, hey, you know, we've got this thing that we're working on, we're trying to help a family, you know, we've got a homeless family that needs, you know, blankets or something, we, we call Lisa, Lisa always says yes, so thank you for that, by the way. Happy I wanna, to. I wanna, thank you. I want to get into a couple of topics before we talk about um, uh, AFC Urgent Care, before we kind of, you, you can chime in on any of these. Sure, yeah. um, uh, Pronouns? In no. the current, <laughs> let's talk about pronouns for an hour. I'll be off the air I, for sure. I finally got mine right. Right. Um, in the current edition of the Valley Patriot, which is being delivered as we speak, I lost a couple of drivers, so it's going to take me an extra day or two to get these out onto the streets. I can drive. Who said that? Me. Oh, you can drive? You want to mm-hmm. deliver newspapers? Because mm. I need somebody to do like the Groveland, Boxford, Georgetown, Newbury area. Do I need GPS? Uh, and Andover. Yeah, you're going to need GPS for those, <laughs> for sure. I'm not a great driver, but I can yeah. drive. Um, so, uh, so it is going to take, however, we've got a couple of stories in the Valley Patriot that I wanted to talk about real quickly. And one is, one is we do, we're all over Haverhill. We're all over Haverhill. I can do Haverhill. Can you do Haverhill? That'd be great. And I even pay for your gas. So yeah, sure. With the price of gas. I mean, how do you, seriously, you, you, I mean, you want to talk about hurting the little guy when the price of gas goes up. I pay for the gas for all my drivers, so I pay them like a dollar a stop plus whatever their gas is. And I'm usually generous with the gas. If they say it was $25, yeah. I might throw them 35 because I realize that I'm not paying a lot for doing the deliveries themselves. Um, so, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but we promised you a couple of weeks ago that we were going to come in and do – usually I do this right before the election, but we had the week – the Thursday before the election, we had a, de- a surprise debate. We, we, we didn't – I didn't think – that uh, Adrian Ramos was going to come in for a debate against Joe Finn because I was supporting, personally, I was supporting Joe Finn, so I didn't think she was going to come. So we had this, this scheduled for the week before to talk about how much money all the candidates made, how much they raised, and how much they spent. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of disgusting when you guys take a look at this list that I'm going to show you. You got that, right? The list that I sent you? Uh, all right. Well, then we'll uh, talk to Lisa. How are you doing, Lisa? <laughs> Give her some time to get that. Um, um, all right, so let me jump around then a little bit. Uh, in Methuen, we'll come back to that. In Methuen, um, once again, you know, I, I hate to have to keep saying this, but I'm going to keep saying it. Are you going to bash people now? No. Uh, no, not, well, it's not, not really. Not really. Okay. I, I'll tell you who I am going to bash, the Methuen City Attorney. Why? Because when I submit public records requests, he always says no. Right? And even though I don't even know he, who the city attorney is. Even though his name is uh, Rossetti, Attorney Rossetti. I think it's Ken Rossetti, but don't hold me to the first name because I know like 15 million Rossettis. <sighs> um, and uh, when I submit my public, I submitted a public records request two years ago asking for the salaries of all the DPW workers. And this Why are you picking on DPW? And, um, who said I'm picking on anybody? Well, just just because I'm asking for okay. documents doesn't mean I'm picking on okay, anybody, okay. right? But, yeah. but I, was, I, I was told that there was some, that there was some excessive spending going on at, at, at DPW. So I said, well, rather than write a story without knowing what I'm talking about, I'll request the documents, and if that's what's there, then that's what's there. So I submitted a public records request to Attorney Rossetti in Methuen mm-hmm. and asked for the salaries of all the DPW employees. The letter that I got was, this is exempt from the state's public records law. So again, I hate to say it again, but I'm going to say it again. I wrote the state's public records law. I know exactly what the state records law says, and I know exactly what's exempt from state public records law, and DPW employee salaries is not one of them. 
Okay, like you know what's exempt from the state's public records law? Tell me the home address of a police officer, mm. um, the disciplinary record of a teacher, um, the social security numbers of a city worker or a state worker. Those are exempt from the state's public records law. Um, if if you have a police officer that's, that's been disciplined, um, those disciplinary records, unless it goes to court for some reason and it becomes a public record, otherwise that's not a public record. Um, you can't you can't ask for um, you know, personal information of a city employee. But you can certainly ask for what they get paid. You can ask for uh, their overtime. If they are getting side money from grants, we don't know how that works. The person who writes the grant gets a percentage of the grant to administer the grant. So, so but grant writing, <clears throat> sorry. No, go ahead. Grant writing is a skill. Mm-hmm. It takes a ridiculous amount of time. They should get, they should get, Compensated. Yeah, and I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying. But you have, but you need to explain to people about writing a grant. Right. So I mean, you. you So if you're a city, if you're a city worker, like when I was on the school committee in Lawrence, we had we had somebody that we hired to write grants for the school department. Of course, right. But if we got the grant, not only did they get what we were paying them, they also got a percentage of the grant to administer the grant. So they got their regular salary plus. So if someone submits a public records request. For how much money did person X make last year? Like, I want everything. I want the grant money. I want what they made from the city. Anything that funneled through the city of Lawrence or Methuen or Haverhill, I want to know how much that person makes. You have to turn that information over. It's public record. Right. Because it's public tax dollars. Well, not Attorney Rossetti. Attorney Rossetti said, no, 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 this is, this is exempt from the state's public records law. And when I got it, I thought one of two things has to be happening here. He's either the dumbest First Amendment attorney on the face of the earth. There's no, some attorneys are not bright. Granted, granted, especially okay. in the municipal field. Or this guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's purposely, and this is what a lot of, a lot of people who are in charge of public records do. They know that what you're requesting is a public record, but they want to drag out how long it takes for you to get it. Because most people, if you send them a letter saying this is exempt from the public records law, They'll go, oh, geez, I didn't know that, and they'll go away. Or they'll appeal it, and it takes like 30 days to get an appeal to get the records that you're looking for. And by that time, it might not even be news, right? So if I'm looking for something that just happened yesterday, and I'm trying to get some information to post a story tomorrow, and you've got somebody like this attorney Rossetti in Methuen, he's going to drag it out as long as he can so it's no longer really news by the time you get it. This is obfuscation. This is a this is a violation of the state's public records law. The problem is you can't prove intent. You can't prove. Uh, sometimes you can, but most of the time you can't prove intent. So I submitted a, an appeal to the Secretary of State's office, and the Secretary of State's office sent a letter to Attorney Rossetti saying, basically, I don't know what you're talking about here in your letter. You have to turn over these records. So we got the records, and once again, it wasn't any more news by the time I got what I got, but I, was, I, I demanded to get it. Why am I bringing all this up? Because yeah, there's, a ge- there's a gentleman in Methuen named Robert DeFusco. I don't think I know him. I don't think I've ever met him, um, who submitted a, a public records request to the city of Methuen asking for the bid contracts. And by the way, I want to uh, correct something that we had wrong in the story. I thought this was for the bid contracts for the um, computer safety computer computer software uh, security system that they had just put in because the city of Methuen got hacked. That's not the case. The, the bids, the contract bids that Mr. DeFusco was looking for was for uh, window installation in the schools. And he submitted a public records request asking for 
the bid requests, like, you know, what was required, who, who applied and who got it and how much did they get and what does the contract say for windows in the school department. And Attorney Rossetti, once again, again, e- either the dumbest person in the world or com- a purposely obfuscating the public records law, sent him a letter saying, no, 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 we can't give you this. This is, this is, a vi- this is an exemption to the state's public records law because of public safety. And, of course, that went to the Secretary of State's office for an appeal by Mr. DeFusco and a, I think it was four letter, four page or five page letter went back to the city of Methuen to Attorney Rossetti saying, I'm sorry, but you have to turn over these records. They're public records. There's also a open meeting law complaint that was filed by Mr. DeFusco because they made this bid decision in secret. The city council went in private session and made decisions and did not disclose what they discussed, which is, again, a violation of the open meeting law. Now, the open meeting law violation is a criminal offense. Public records law is not a criminal offense. It it probably should be if you can prove they did it on purpose, but it's not. So um, I just want to, first, I want to thank whoever Mr. DeFusco is for sending in his appeal and sending us, CCing the Valley Patriot on everything that he was doing, because that gave us a great story that we could write this week in the Valley Patriot. Although, again, I apologize for getting one fact wrong in that. It wasn't the contract for the computer security system. It was the contract for Windows. Now, I don't know why the city of Methuen would want to hide bids for Windows unless there's some shenanigans going on. Unless somebody's brother owns a window company that's doing business with the city. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened. But I am saying that this is the reason why we have a public records law. Because when you have a mayor that's hiring the brother of a city council, you got to kind of keep an eye on that kind of stuff when it comes to bids. Because if he's going to openly hire the brother of a city council, there's a really good chance he's giving contracts to family members of city councilors or people that donated to his campaign or people that he's friends with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're hoping that within the next couple of days um, – we're, Mr. DeFusco is going to forward to us the documents that he was looking for. Hopefully, a Tribune won't get it first, but hopefully, we will. Uh, and when we do, we will publish those online and let you know what it is, what, were the, what was the public bid process, who bid on it, how much they got, what was the contract. And maybe there's no shenanigans going on here. Maybe this is just Attorney Rossetti doing what he's told by somebody in City Hall to not release the records, to just drag out the public records request. That's, that's always humanly possible. Um, we're ready on the candidate stuff. Great. So, uh, real quick, uh, before the election, I promised I was going to come in and give you a preview of what all of the candidates spent and what they raised on their campaigns. Now, I didn't put these in order of. I should have put this in order of, um, like the person who made who raised the most should be at the top, and then you know did that. Instead, what I did was I put the candidates together who ran against each other. So if you look at the first two, if we could pull that up, if you look at the first two, uh, Jim McCarty from, from, is that me? Sorry, that should have been off. Um, Jim McCarty ran for state representative. He's a Methuen city councilor. He ran against Estella Rage. She's the second name on this list. This was pretty interesting, I thought. Jim McCarty started off with $20,000 in the bank because he had run for city council, and that was what was left over from his, camp, from his last campaign. And you can commingle those funds if you're going from um, city, I believe, from city council to state rep. I think you, if you go from like a state rep to run for Congress, I don't think you can keep your money from your state rep campaign. But 
local to state you can. So he started off with $20,000. He raised $23,000, and he spent all of it. He spent $43,812.64. Here's what's interesting. Estella Ray is also a city councilor. She's a city councilor in Lawrence. She started off with only $178 in the bank. So she spent, when she ran for re-election last year, she spent all of her money. And she only had $178 left over. She doubled her fundraising. She spent. She raised twice as much money as Jim McCarty. And I think that's one of the things that contributed to her beating Jim McCarty. Because Jim McCarty already had twenty grand. He didn't have to go out and hustle for more. And when you're out hustling for more, you're scaring up votes. Because when you're asking people for a donation, you're also reminding them when the election is and you're reminding them they need to be voting for you. And so while Stella was out there raising the full 47000 within this period of running for uh, state rep, well, Jim McCarty only raised twenty three. They both spent about the same, right? Um, Estella Ray's spent forty four grand. If you're looking at the top two here, um, I should have made this so you could scroll and only see two at a time, but we'll make it work. Um, if you look, they, they both spent about the same. Jim McCarty spent forty three thousand eight hundred. Estella Ray spent forty four grand. So you would think that those numbers would be really close. She clobbered him. She clobbered him. She not only she not only. Did, destroyed Jim McCarty and, and nothing made me happier. Believe me when I tell you it was a great night for me. Um, but she didn't just beat him, but she beat him in two precincts in Methuen and she almost beat him in a third and fourth precinct. Like there were two precincts in Methuen where he won but barely won. And then there were two precincts in Methuen. And remember, he's a Methuen counselor who represents that district on the council. And he lost the Arlington neighborhood. That, oh. That's his district. Yes, dear. I will marry you, but you have to divorce your husband first. I'm telling you that. Right. Get on that. Right. Yeah. Um, apparently, I just adopted like seven kids from the Arlington neighborhood. You did? Yeah. Oh, good. For Christmas. You're taking care of them? Like I don't they're know. moving in and you're going to make them breakfast and stuff? Or, I don't know. Or are you just kind of adopting them to like. like just for Christmas. To help. Oh, for Christmas. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, like a Secret Santa type of thing. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Jill facilitates. She facilitates everything. Let me tell you, I, I don't care what anyone says about Jill Stacklin. She's my favorite. Uh, good or bad. I love Jill Stacklin. She's my favorite. She yells at me all the time. Uh, she should. <laughs> Come on. Seriously? I don't think I could disagree with that. Uh, she yells at me all the time. We don't agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I show up every every Wednesday night at TMF. Did she boss you around? And she she bosses everybody else around. I, I hide from her in my car, so she can't. But she tells me all the time I can't go. Really? <laughs> she uninvites me. But you want to know something? She's one of the first people to show up. She's one of the last people to leave. She helps setting up tables. She helps serving food. She helps getting donations for clothing yeah. for the homeless. And and she and she has a full time job. And she has sons. And she is very busy in her personal life. And yet she still finds time to help people. So I I, I love Jill. So that was a little side note. So on the Makati Reyes race, Sorry. it's it's uh, oh that was great. Thank you for. See that we gave her some time to to work that out. Um, so what you, what you had is you had Estella Reyes was out raising more money, and even though they both spent the same, I think because Jim McCarty sat on his laurels and he already had twenty grand in the bank, so he didn't have to go out and solicit the extra twenty thousand he was going to need. I think that's one of the things that pushed her over the edge because it, it she was more visible. She was out there knocking on more doors. She was making more phone calls. She was sending more mailings, and it showed at the polls on election day. The next two, um, we had a debate here the week before the election between Joe Finn, Republican, 
and Adrian Ramos, a Democrat, um, that district encompassed North Andover, Boxford, Groveland, and West Newberry. Um, we really thought uh, Joe Finn was going to walk away with that, but uh, who who knew abortion was going to be as big as it was in this election? I certainly didn't. Uh, they both started off with zero because neither one of them have run before. So um, they both uh, Joe Finn raised forty seven thousand three sixty seven. Adrian Ramos raised fifty one thousand because she's a Democrat, and by the way. She raised that 51000 in like a three-week period, which is phenomenal in politics. Phenomenal. She, she, I didn't even know what she looked like until three weeks before the election. She wasn't campaigning. There were no signs. In July and August, I was driving around delivering newspapers in Groveland and Newbury and West Newbury, and I was seeing Joe Finn signs everywhere because he started campaigning in April. She swept in three weeks before the election, printed up a bunch of signs, p- printed up a bunch of campaign material, Campaigned for three weeks and she beat him. And she and she didn't just beat him; she 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 clobbered him. Like th- th- there were precincts that should have gone for Joe Finn that just didn't, and I think it was because of the abortion issue. But she also out- outspent him. Um, where am I? No, actually, he outspent her. How about that? So Joe Finn spent forty one thousand one hundred eight. Adrian Rambo spent forty thousand. So you're seeing a pattern already, right? Uh, McCarty Reyes. They both each raised about forty three thousand. Finn Ramos, they each raised and spent about forty to forty-one thousand. That's about average for a state rep race in general. Um, the next one is uh, Hamilton. He, he ran unopposed. I'm sorry, so he stands alone. Uh, Hamilton ran unopposed. He had twenty-five thousand dollars that he raised. He spent seventeen, so he still has five, six, seven. He still has about eight thousand dollars in the bank. And if I was uh, Ryan Hamilton, I would be having a Christmas party or a Valentine's Day party to stop putting some money away because someone will run against him in two years. Nobody likes it when someone runs unopposed. And usually when someone runs unopposed, the next time they run, they get a really big candidate runs against them that's got a lot of money. So just some advice for Ryan. Um, you, should be, you should be having fundraisers. I told us to uh, uh, Diana DeZoglio when she first ran. She spent every single dime she had on that first campaign. And when it was over, she was broke. And I said... Now, remember, you have to do this again in two years. Start having fundraisers now. And she did. She started having Christmas parties, Valentine parties, and she has done quite well for herself. Uh, the next two are Hamilton and Gary. Um, I'm sorry, Gary and Bogue. Uh, that was another debate that we had here on the Paying Attention podcast. I thank both of them for coming in. Uh, Colleen Gary started off with $1,697 in her account. <coughs> That's why I brought the... Uh, Cough drops. Uh, so she How started. Stop smoking. So she started off with sixteen hundred. I already have three mothers right now. I don't need one more. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, I'm a good mother. All uh, right, fine. You can be my mom. Um, although you have to get a f- fight my real mom for that. Uh, so Colin Gary, she already had sixteen hundred dollars in the bank from her last campaign, which is kind of weird because she's been a state rep for a long time. You think she'd have a lot more. Uh, she raised about $9,000. She spent 4000 of it. So she's got about 5000 left over for the next campaign. George Bogue, who has never run for a, for a state rep before, at least not that I know of, um, had started off with zero because he's never run before. He raised $10,600. He spent almost all of it. He spent $10,078. $10,078. Gary just destroyed him. That wasn't even close. And he spent t- more than twice as much as she did. So whenever we talk about Cam- uh, campaign money, B 
being the deciding factor in an election, that's only true if it's close. If it's close, money's going to make a difference. If it's not close, if it's if you've got somebody who's wildly popular, like Colin Gary's wildly popular in, in the Drake at Tingsboro area, it doesn't matter how much money you spend. You could you could outspend her five to one. You could outspend her twenty to one. You're still not going to beat her. And the numbers that we looked at on election day, I think George. I don't think George Bogue won a, a precinct. I don't. He might have. He might have won one or two precincts. But I don't think. I don't think he did. I'll look that up. Um, I'll look that up during the commercial break that we don't have. <laughs> we don't have a commercial break. Uh, okay, so now the next three is Payano, Ziegler, and Rodriguez all ran for state senate. There you go. That's great. I don't know how you're doing that, but you're doing a great job over there. Thank you. So they ran for state senate in the primary. So all of these numbers are primary numbers. Actually, this includes everything, but most of what was spent was spent on the primary. Uh, Pedro Payano, it, it, just looking at these numbers, look at how much money was spent. $109,000 for Pedro Payano, Eunice Ziegler, $77,000, um, Doris Rodriguez, $4,000. If, if you look at the totals from Election Day, those, the, the percentage of money spent is almost exactly the way the votes came in. Uh, Pedro, uh, uh, Pavel Payano destroyed both, both the other candidates. If you add both the other candidates together, he still wins. Um, Eunice Ziegler, I, I'm really... Pleasantly surprised that she raised, where is she, $67,000 for a Methuen city councilor to run in a state senate campaign. I honestly think that Eunice Ziegler is going to be an up-and-comer. I think she's going to be a state senator someday. I think she could be mayor someday. I certainly think she could be a state rep someday. And she's worked very hard. And even though she and I agree on literally nothing. She is a left wing. She's a left wing, left leaning, Black Lives Matter. The whole, the whole left wing checklist that you have. Um, no, that's not true. We agree on one thing. What? She's not for partial birth abortions. She's not for late term abortions. I was a little surprised during their debate. Uh, we had a debate with all three of them here. That all three of them said that they were not for late term abortions, which I give her a lot of credit for. But other than that, we agree on almost nothing. I have to tell you though. There's very few people in this business that I've met that I like as a person. And I really like Eunice Ziegler as a person. I think she cares. She's, she's very sweet. She's very religious. She's very moral. And she doesn't get involved in the, in the bullshit that happens at these meetings, all the infighting and the backbiting and the throwing shots at each other, you know, these veiled insults at, at back and forth that if, only if you're an insider you really understand. She stays away from all of that. No, she's very sweet. And, and even like when... Joe Solomon was on the chopping block and everybody was jumping on the bandwagon and attacking him for the sake of attacking him because it was popular. She talked about some of the things that she didn't like about what Joe Solomon was doing, but she didn't pile on. Like her criticism was actually constructive criticism, and I appreciate that about Eunice. She's not a bad person. Like most of these people are bad people. I'm going to tell you right out, right out front. Even the ones you think are kind of nice because you've met them, they're usually pretty despicable. Um, and we've learned the hard way on this show on that one, for sure. I don't want to mention which the one man we're talking about. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, He's my friend. And then Doris Rodriguez. And I, I, have, I feel bad for Doris. I like Doris, too. But Doris never had a shot coming in. I don't know why she didn't know she had no shot coming in. I told her when she decided to run she had no shot. But I'm perfectly happy to take your advertising dollars if you decide to run. But I, I don't think you've got a shot, I told her. And uh, really, 11 minutes? Is that true? All right, let's get through this. Uh, but she ran anyway, and it didn't, her, she didn't really take votes away from anybody. So 
Um, here's, here's the big one. Feingold, DeFranco. Wow. Holy crap. Barry Feingold is a state senator who has literally done nothing for 25 years. He did nothing when he was a state rep, and he's done nothing as a state senator. He has passed one bill in his 25 to 30 years in the legislature in both houses. One bill, the baby drop-off bill. That if you're an irresponsible mother and you don't want your kid anymore, you can go to any fire station you can drop off your kid, supposedly no questions asked. Which I think is a horrible bill because what about the father? But that's another whole discussion. Um, But that's the one thing he's done. Barry Feingold started off this campaign with $364,000 in the bank. Everybody else, look at all these others. Pedro Payne, 100000 The state reps, 40000 43000 40000 17000 Barry Feingold starts off without even, like before the campaign even started, with $364,000 in the bank. And then he raised another $340,000 and spent almost five hundred, half a million dollars, $494,874.40. He spent... Half a million dollars. Don't what? For a state Senate seat that pays, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 90 grand a year. Maybe it's like 100 grand a year for a state senator. He spent half a million dollars. The guy that ran against him, Sal DeFranco, started off with zero because he'd never run before. He raised himself $116,000. He spent $109,000. I don't make $109,000 in two years. And Sal DeFranco spent $109,000 on the campaign and didn't even come close to spending what Barry spent five times more money than Sal DeFranco. And he beat Sal and he beat him handily, but not $500,000 worth. Like, that's a lot of money. That means a, he, that means a million dollars. He's at, he, he still has $500,000 left in his account. That's not on your uh, thing. But he still has about $500,000 in his account. He spent a half a million, and he's got half a million for the next campaign that's in two years. That's outrageous for a, for a job that pays like $90,000, $100,000 a year. It makes you wonder why. It makes you wonder why someone would spend that kind of money to not make a whole lot of money in return. And that's because of power and political favors. That's what that's, that's, what that's really all about. All right, uh, next one. Um, oh, Lenny Mera stands alone, unfortunately, sorry. Uh, Lenny Mera, who, by the way, was 364 votes ahead going into Rowley at 1 o'clock in the morning on election night, and when they finished counting Rowley, won by 10 votes, 10 votes, and now there's a recount. Lenny Mera raised 11, started off with $11,000, he he raised fifty two thousand. He spent almost all of it. He spent fifty grand. And by the way, uh, Christine Eckert, the person who ran against him, did not file her campaign finance reports. So we are expecting a ten thousand dollar fine or somewhere in that neighborhood for Christine Eckert, who did not file her campaign finances. That's a big no no in Massachusetts. All right, last two: um, Marcos Devers and Francisco Polino. This was kind of interesting. They both they both spent about the same. Uh, Francisco Polino spent about ten thousand more. Uh, he spent fifty nine thousand one twenty three. If you're looking at that last column, uh, Marco spent about fifty thousand. I think that's the most Marco Stevens has ever spent on a campaign, and he ended up losing 
to Francisco Polino, and it had nothing to do with money. That campaign really came down to who Mayor Brian DePina supported. And Brian DePina, unfortunately for me, because Marcos was my friend, uh, supported Francisco Polino, who, by the way, is such a good guy, showed up at TMF. He's not even in office yet. Showed up at TMF for Thanksgiving dinner for the homeless. When I pulled up, he didn't have his campaign crew or his, his, uh, his campaign uh, people taking pictures of him helping the homeless. He was setting up tables and feeding people and didn't think anybody was watching. So here's what we did. I took a picture of him doing it, and I put it in the Valley Patriot and thanked him for what he was doing because we have people who have been in office now for 15 years who've never once done a goddamn thing for the homeless. And here's a guy who's not even in office yet and stepped in and said, I want to help. So, so thank isn't you the him. definition of integrity is doing the right thing when no one's when watching? No one, right, absolutely. And so even though I really wanted Marcos to win that election personally because he's my friend, um, Francisco Polino is a class act, and, uh, and I want to thank him for that. And I hope Marcos runs again for something. I will always support Marcos. He's my friend, and he has been with me through thick and thin. We've been friends for 35 years. I worked on his first campaign back in, and I'm, I'm going to get it right, too, back in 1987. 87? When he ran for city council, I worked on Jesus that campaign. Jesus Christ. Was... Right? 1987 was the first time Marcos ran, and wow, I worked on that campaign. He ran at-large city council. He was the first at-large Latino to ever win uh, in Lawrence. He was also the first Latino mayor of Lawrence, which was pretty good. Um, all right, and then uh, we said that uh, Christine Eckert didn't file. So thank you for that, Christine. It was pretty good. Um, and hopefully that educates you guys about uh, you know what people are raising, what they're spending. Um, does it, it's not really big news, but I think it was kind of interesting, so we'd let people know. Tell us about your 10th anniversary. Tell us about what you guys are. You guys having like a little party that we can crash? Or? We're, not, we're not having, per se, a party, mm-hmm. but because there's so much going on right now because it's flu season. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's always crazy in there. Well, thanks for coming in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gearing up. When you, started, when you started 10 years ago, did yeah. you think yeah. that it would be what, what you now know it to no. be this business? I remember the goal was if we could only get to 40 patients a day. Really? That was the goal. And what are you doing now? Oh, God. Um, probably Roughly. 60... 60, 65. At each, at each center? At each center. So you've got and, wait a minute, and if we could staff every day with two providers, and we're de- if anybody is an x-ray tech and wants a job, just call me. Will, will you train? <laughs> if someone's not an x-ray tech, will you train them um, to be an x-ray tech? Well, I will give you a scholarship. How's that? All right. So someone else can train them, but you give yeah, them the money. Yeah. So Northern Essex has a program there, and we are willing to give out scholarships to anybody who goes to x-ray school. That's awesome, yeah. especially yeah. since you give us money for scholarships yeah. for the um, yeah. vocational kids yes. that, at, at our bachelor. So I know year. that there's uh, there's a gradu- there's a bunch of kids graduating this year in December and in May. So, yes, um, we will do a sign-on bonus. And you guys are doing immigration physicals Yes, now? we are doing Talk a ton of visibility. So I actually just uh, sent a text to my manager in North End over how many did she did this week. Um, Roughly? She should do 15. A day? Um, no, she a did, week? So far she did 15 this oh, week. Totally. But she But she can do... Um, so this is for people who are... Who are they want trying to become citizens. Cis- They're yeah. doing it the right way. Right. Yes. And in order to become a citizen, they have to get physicals. Yeah. And you guys are offering physicals. Yeah. Is it is it free? Is it covered by no, insurance? No, is it not, no. no? So they have to pay I, for yeah, it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it but is. But you're still at least offering the service. Yeah, we offer the service. You come in. It's a blood draw, so they want to know like what you're immune to. So it's basically it's a it's a ton of vaccines if you need them. So they do the titers, and then you meet. So the medical assistant nurse draws the titers, draws the draws your blood, tells us what vaccines. Some sometimes you need vaccines, sometimes you don't need vaccines, and then you have a full physical with the doctor. Mm-hmm. What made you want to get into this? Like, you're a very bright woman. You're yeah. very well educated. Um, you could have probably done anything you wanted. What made you go into, like, the okay. healthcare service industry? So, first, I was a teacher. Especially after Obama. Like, after Obamacare, I would have thought people like you would uh, run so away. I, I was a teacher and I was actually in medical sales. Okay. And my husband is a um, benefits consultant, and his friend opened up one in Springfield. And I was living in North Andover, and he said, North Andover is the prime location for a urgent care. I was living in North Andover and actually was it that week I was in Lawrence General Emergency Room with my daughter after six hours of waiting for a physician for her to have, uh, she had a laceration on her knee and it was a disaster. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's a better alternative. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need, I had no idea what an urgent care was. Right. So he was like, nope, you know, p- patients are in and out in an hour. It's, you know, he kind of really sold us on opening up one in North Andover. We've got to get you a billboard in Lawrence. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. We're work- so I'm excited about that. that. I'm working yeah, on it, believe yeah, me. Yeah. I'm talking to Brian yeah. at uh, the Clatter because yeah. he's got one right above the Clatter that's not being used. Yes. Let's see if we can get that one. Um, and what was the other thing I was going to ask? So um, we have, so um, my partner is, so... My my partner is a new generation, first generation immigrant. My director of operations, she's a first generation immigrant, and so aren't some of my, a lot of my staff is. So we are big into immigration physicals. And I think if you guys opened, yeah, an, an urgent care in Lawrence and staffed it with people who spoke English, you guys would make a fucking killing. So we are opening up one, maybe two other locations in the Merrimack Valley. Lawrence. So. Maybe. We would love to. We would maybe. Love to. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. We're definitely opening up another Listen, I will find you workers. Yeah. I know tons of Latinos who would love to have a decent job and work for people that are actually decent people. And so the big thing we need right now are x-ray techs and prov- providers. Doctors? Yeah. Providers? Is that what Pro- you mean? Yeah, you doctors, um, NPs, PAs. Yeah. Nurses, no? Um, yeah, n- Provider nurses, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the lingo, so. Yeah. Nurse it's, practitioners, it's, it's PAs, really. yeah. So what are you guys doing to celebrate? Is it going to be just like you and me? So, it's no, so we are, we, are having having a, a we are having a Christmas party oh, on good. the 17th, and we'll celebrate there. I'm, I'm going to get something for the staff. But, um, yeah, I can't believe it's been 10 years. And just the progression of what we focused on then versus what, what we focus on now, especially after COVID. Everything has changed so much after COVID. The world has changed. You you survived through COVID. Yeah. And, you know, knock on wood, a lot of businesses yeah. did not yeah. survive, especially in your business, because of all the regulations and all of the restrictions and everything that was going on. How did you do that? How did you get through that? You know what? I think we were fortunate with great staff. And we actually went to a wedding this weekend with one of the girls that worked for us during COVID. And I had to say to my husband, I go, when we get there, you just have to thank everyone. <laughs> Because we had these, we had a group of nurse practitioners who were just amazing and they were so loyal and so dedicated to, 
you know, to the operation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I still can't thank them enough for it. And just everybody who worked for us during that time, because it was really hard and it was horrible. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was like, you can't thank people enough for working during that time. Mm-hmm. And they would stay like, you know, <laughs> they would actually. And like, I was at the ribbon cutting for the Methuen AFC yes, Urgent yeah, In fact, yeah. we brought, I remember we brought Al Caprilli yes, came. Yes, he was so damn cute. And that was hilarious. Yes. It was everybody that came, he stood at the door for, at one point like he was the greeter. Yeah. And went, good evening, yeah, good, no, evening. Good, good evening. Every, every so person that came in. So what's interesting is that people like, that providers like working in Methuen more so than they like working in North Andover. Because Methuen, the patients are a lot more gracious. Oh, really? Yes. Well, you so know, they tell me. A lot of snobby people in North Andover. They uh, it's like. just a different... We have a lot of college kids. It's just... It, it, people in Methuen, are, they're sick. They're yep. sick and they need care. We have a lot of children there. We have a lot of kids from Methuen Pediatrics. We have a... You know, it's just a different demographics. And so the providers feel that they're actually giving care and helping people. So they tell me. You hungry? Am I hungry? Yeah, you want to have lunch? Sure, I'll have right, lunch. Gonna, we have to end the show, but we can go have lunch if you okay, want. Okay, we have... Yeah. I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. I think next week we're going to get Matt in here because I'm seeing all kinds of crazy things in the real estate market. Yeah, what is he saying? Um, and he's saying, he's saying don't sell. He's saying... Good, I don't want to sell my it's house. Still, it's still... Just stay... Keep everything the way that it is. Wait, he don't give away the all the information. Tune right, in next sorry. week if oh, you want right, to know right, what he's right, saying. Right. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we don't need to do the show next week. You just told all these secrets. <laughs> oh, boy. I love Matt. I made it to almost the whole show. <laughs> Lazy River Products and Drake, best cannabis in the Merrimack Valley. By the way, cheapest cannabis in the Merrimack Valley. Marseille and Sun Construction, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training. Borelli's Deli. you got to get your meats into Borelli's Deli. Let's go to Borelli's. Uh, we'll go where? Let's go to Borelli's lunch. Yeah. Let's go to Borelli's. All right, fine. Uh, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, which is one of my favorite sushi places ever. Free shout out to Clear Path for Veterans New England. Uh, MSG Dental or MGS Dental uh, I don't know why that's here Pleasant Valley Landscaping with Dave Id Consoli and it sounds like Melvin Taylor says we gotta go home so go home already The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe the United Podcast Network its partners or affiliates